0: All things New Orleans Saints. This is Houdat discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome into another off-season edition here at the Houdat discussion. As always, I am your host, Andrew Golotta. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata. and then also you can follow the Who Dat Discussion on Twitter, at The Who Dat Dis. We have a very fun episode planned for you guys here on this July 4th weekend, so happy July 4th to everybody out there, and I hope you guys have a great weekend, and thank you guys for joining me for this episode here. And before we start, I do want to kind of just get into one thing before we talk about the Saints being Rated the best team by PFF to make the Super Bowl from the NFC. So they have the best chance to do that. They have an 18% chance, which is the highest by PFF. And then also, we're going to go into another PFF article where the Saints are ranked in the top six for the safety tandems in the NFL, which I thought was very interesting as well. But I do want to start this episode as this is officially our two year anniversary of having this podcast. And honestly, you guys, I just wanted to say thank you guys for just tuning in being the best fans ever and supporting me while I cover the Hoodat nation here, give my opinions. And to me, it's just a dream come true to really get my opinions out there and for you guys to listen to them. So hundred percent, thank you guys for joining in every week. I mean, this podcast would be nothing without the Hoodat nation. And again, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to helping my dream, Come true here. And when I started this podcast, man, I didn't think it would have come of anything. And I've been able to meet such great people, do some podcasts with some great people, and really just connect more with the Hudat Nation, which was my goal for this podcast. And I just want to say thank you again for helping achieve this goal and helping grow the Hudat discussion just little by little as we go on this journey with the Saints on their road to hopefully a Super Bowl here in 2020. So I just wanted to say, take a few minutes out of this episode just to say, Thank you, guys, and I do now want to jump right in to some Saints football and really dive into this PFF article with the best safety tandems in the NFL, and the Saints are ranked number six, and I thought this was very, very interesting because now, obviously, Saints have Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams, and PFF loves Marcus Williams. He's their highest-graded defensive player out of the 2017 draft, and and that's saying a lot. I mean, there were a lot of great players in that 2017 draft. So he was the highest out of there. He has the fifth highest coverage grade of all players who were back into coverage in 2019. So to me, like, that's that's obviously really good. He's a guy that did have six pass breakups, four interceptions, which is great, and a passer rating of 47.8 on throws and coverage. And as you can see, PFF loves him. Some of the Saints fans don't love him. And to me, it's just really interesting because he's a guy that is, I think, a little unsung for the Saints, a little underrated. He's a guy that, look, He's a true center fielder. He's a guy that can go back there and make some plays for the Saints, be a ball hawk. And I did say this in other episodes as well. But he's a guy that, look, he has made mistakes. No one's doubting that. He made mistakes in probably the biggest situations. Obviously, the Minnesota Miracle. But then also with that throw to Thielen late in the wildcard game this year and that deep throw to Thielen, that was on Marcus Williams. And Marcus Williams has to be better in diagnosing things But he's a really nice ball hawk. And when he's able to diagnose plays, he's actually really, really good. And he has all the skills. He's got to keep on learning, putting it together. And one of these years, he's just going to go off and just have a big year. Could be this year. And again, I think with Malcolm Jenkins, that's going to help a lot. Because Malcolm Jenkins knows the safety position. And he can help Williams get to that spot where he's recognizing everything. And to me, that is really good. And this is why they're one of the best safety tandems in the league. And number six here, according to PFF, is because you have like a ball hawk in... Marcus Williams, excuse me there. And then also you have the smart cerebral player with Malcolm Jenkins who could do so many different things. Like they match together extremely well. I think better than Von Bell and Marcus Williams did. And you're going to see a lot better play here because Malcolm Jenkins is really good in coverage. And that really is a specialty. And he's a guy that, again, had a man coverage grade of 78.5, which ranks fourth among 10 safeties. So look, that's obviously really good. And then look, both guys are really consistent in coverage. And according to PFF, I mean, they're one of the best coverage players in the league. I mean, top 20 coverage players in the league, which is obviously really good. And when you're looking at Jenkins, he can really help get rid of those late game miscues and help solidify the Saints defense. And I completely agree with that. That's what PFF said. And that's what I completely think of Jenkins. He's a guy that's going to come in here and just solidify a solid group. And you add him, again, Bombell wasn't the best in coverage. Malcolm Jenkins is really good in coverage. He's actually elite in coverage in a lot of places. And again, I think you put him with Marcus Williams, who's really good once you get him in the right situations, and the right positions. Again, this is sky's the limit for that group. And I'm really excited for them. And that's really the main thing when I'm looking at what the Saints are doing here, especially at the safety position. They really have two guys that fit together really well. And I'm excited to see them play. And I know what a lot of people are going to say. The Saints always get burned with pass defenses. They always get burned against usually the really good teams. And to me, I think this Saints team could actually be really good in pass coverage, better than any team we've seen before in the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era. And you're going to tell me that's not going to be true. Malcolm Jenkins won't be as good as he was last year or the year before. Marcus Williams is going to be the same, still making mistakes. I just don't think so. I, I do think that this group will take a step up from last year. I think Malcolm Jenkins is a step up from Von Bell. In different ways, like Von Bell and Malcolm Jenkins, as I've said multiple times, are probably similar talented players, but Malcolm Jenkins does bring different things to the table. So again, that is really big. And as I said, he's much better in pass defense. Run defense isn't as good, but the Saints are really good against run defense. You have Chauncey Garner-Johnson, who's really good at taking guys down in the open field and making tackles and stopping the run. So he can definitely keep that on top of that. So you add Chauncey Garner-Johnson on top of these two guys, and I think you put this group up even higher. And that's to me, is really big. And when looking at what the Saints' safeties have done in the past and what they can do now, I do think it could be a step up. Because you're looking before 2017, this group was really bad. Like, really, really bad. And obviously, they got Jarius Bird in 2014, 2015, and they got rid of him. And then they really never replaced him in 2016. And in 2017, they finally got Williams. And he did a a sizable job, a good job there. And to me, that was really good. But they kept on adding to it here with Chauncey Garner-Johnson. And now with Malcolm Jenkins. I just think this group really has a ton of potential. Like you look at what Williams can do. I mean, he had four picks, two out of his three seasons. He had a pick six last year, fourth fumble, did a 55 tackles as well. And he's a guy that I do think is a solid player. Yeah. He's not the best safety in the league, not the best free safety, but he's good. And he's a good player that you want on your team. And then Malcolm Jenkins to me is similar good player. Maybe at this point of his career, he's not great, but he has those great abilities, and he definitely has the talent to be like a Pro Bowl player. I mean, he did it in 2017, 2018, and 2015, and 2019. He did have a little of a down year. Well, something like a bad year. I think he still played well, but it was a little of a down year, and really because Philly was hurt really big by injuries, and he was like the only starter out there, and that's difficult. Like, to play with guys that are lesser talents, and you're trying to put them all in the right spaces, you're trying to get yourself in the right place, it's difficult, and... Like he's not going to have to do that as much this year. And look, you have Marshawn Lattimore, who's an amazing cornerback. Then you have Janoris Jenkins, who's a solid veteran cornerback as well. And then you have Marcus Williams with Malcolm Jenkins, and they should be able to help out each other. And they really are compatible to each other. And I just really like what they're able to do. I mean, you're looking at what Malcolm Jenkins, he does have six tackles for loss, nine QB hits, he had 81 tackles here, and he was able to get four forced fumbles, which is obviously really great eight pass defenses, which is high, two and a half sacks, he did it all, and again, you just look at these guys, and again, I'm really excited, and maybe I'll be wrong, and maybe I'm too excited, but I am really looking forward to see this group play, and I do think that it will be an upgrade over last year, now people have been saying that the Saints secondary is going to get upgraded for the last few years, really hasn't came 100% true, now I think they've gotten better, but not to the point that what we thought was going to happen, especially like 2017, they were getting better. In 2018, they kind of stayed the same. And last year, they kind of stayed the same. So you would really like them to take that next step here in 2020 to get even better and be a complete lockdown group. So to me, that is really big there. Before we get into talking about another PFF video where they predicted that the Saints will represent the NFC in Super Bowl 55, which to me is just really interesting. We're going to get all into that and what the Saints could do here to get back to the Super Bowl. And then we're also going to look of why PFF thinks that the Saints will go back to the Super Bowl. But before we get into that, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Houdat Discussion. And now we are going to get into our discussion about PFF saying that the Saints have the highest percent chance to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl so I thought this was very very interesting and I definitely want to dive into this because look we all want to get to the Super Bowl we all want to see the Saints in the Super Bowl and the Saints according to PFF have an 18% chance to get there based on their 1000 simulations of the NFL season and I thought this was really interesting because look we all want to get to the Super Bowl we all want the Saints to play there so this video definitely popped out at me when looking for topics for this podcast because look the Saints do have a really good shot to make Super Bowl we all know that and to me in the NFC they do have the most complete roster now you can argue in the AFC that the Ravens or the Chiefs have better rosters because obviously they were able to dominate last year Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions and to me when looking at I think those teams are definitely solidified as the top two teams in the AFC and when you look at the NFC the top teams at least the top two teams last year the 49ers and Packers to me, both got worse. And you kind of add that no one beyond that really got better as well, besides like the Bucks and those teams that were 7-9. and nine, Like, they're going to elevate up a little bit. But again, when you're looking at the playoff teams, the Saints are going to be right there. They got better. The Saints got, I think, sizably better. I think they got better with Emmanuel Sanders. Like, that's an upgrade right away. Then you have Malcolm Jenkins coming in to play for Von Bell. We just talked a ton about it. And to me, that's an upgrade. Then you're looking at the Cesar Ruiz pick for Larry Wofford, I think the Saints think that's an upgrade. So again, I think it's questionable. I think we have to see the games being played before we call Ruiz and Pete an upgrade over Pete and Wofford. I think we're going to have to see. But again, that could be a very interesting group. And the Saints, I think they can do a lot of different things with those pairings. And I think that will help them in the long run. And I think at least the Saints think that will help them here in this season and in the future as well. So that's definitely something to look at. I think Zach Bond is probably better than AJ Klein. It is really interesting to look at it, but that's kind of my opinion. And that's really the role that Zach Bond I think, is going to fill here. And you have Vanzelone healthy. That's a step up from where you were last year. So obviously, that's really good. A full season of Janoris Jenkins. That's going to be really good. That's an upgrade over a full season of Eli Apple. Great. So really, when you're looking at it, this team did get better. And you're hoping Alvin Kamara is back in healthy. That's an upgrade. And when looking at it, this team is just really complete. Now, look, the two places... We're all going to go to it. We already said it in the last episode, defensive end, cornerback. Well, cornerback isn't an issue right now. It could become an issue if we have a few injuries, but right now, it's very, very good. I mean, you always look to add depth, and I think the Saints will end up getting a cornerback. I don't know if it will be now, or maybe if someone gets hurt, they'll get it during the season, but again, I I think the Saints know that this is a win now, all in season, and they're going to make sure they're really checking off all the boxes, so again, I expect them to fill a cornerback spot, I also expect them to fill a little hole at defensive end, now the defensive end spot right now is great, you have Davenport, you have Jordan, and you really have Rankins in there too, which is great, and then obviously David Onyemata, Malcolm Brown, all that good stuff, and those guys are really good, your starters are really good, even your edge starters, really, really good, but then, let's say Davenport gets hurt again, well then what happens? Then you have Troy Hendrickson come in here, Mario Edwards come in here, and the play dips. And the Saints defense gets worse. And the Saints give up a lot of big plays. They're not as good against the run. That's why adding another defensive end just to solidify just in case of an injury and they can help Davenport along with his progression would be really big. That's why we talk about Jadavion Clowney, Everson Griffin, Ziggy Anza, players like that. And to me, you're just looking at all these guys, this Saints team is really great. And they said, look, the Saints are extremely complete team. You have a quarterback in Drew Brees, who's 41, but he really hasn't gotten worse. He's the highest graded quarterback in PFF over the last two years. That's really big. Like, that's amazing. And he's a player that short to intermediate area is still the best, in my opinion. He's an elite quarterback in that area. Now, the deep ball isn't there, but the Saints aren't throwing the deep ball as much anymore. And they also... Kind of shied away from getting personnel that can run the deep ball yes Emmanuel Sanders could run the deep ball but to me his biggest strength is his intermediate to short precise route running and it's really good and I think that's going to be big you have guys like Michael Thomas who's really good in that intermediate area obviously he's good everywhere but again he's especially good there in that intermediate area then you look at Jared Cook who's a big guy tight end could really run down the seams really well that's Goes well for the intermediate area. You have Alan Kamara, who's obviously amazing with the option routes and stuff like that. And he's also good with those short, precise routes where he can go to the middle of the field, he can go to the sideline, he can do all sorts of things, he can break tackles. That's going to help Drew Brees in a big way. Like, the Saints personnel pairs with Brees' attributes, his positive attributes, his best play, where his elite abilities really well. Like, to me, that's really big. So you have Brees' strengths paired with your strengths of your skill position group, are the same. So that's great. And you don't have to be great in the deep ball because you're elite in every other area. And if you can fool defenses in that area, you're going to win every single time. And then also, look, you will run deep routes. You have players that could run deep routes. You have Emmanuel Sanders who can run the deep ball. You have Traquan Smith who can run the deep ball. You have Michael Thomas who can run the deep ball. But you have a lot of versatile players that, look, their strengths are in the medium to short area, but they also can go deep and they can win deep and they've won deep time and time again. You look at Emmanuel Sanders, last season with the 49ers, was a really good in that deep area. With Denver, he was really good in that short to intermediate area. Like he can do so many different things. And again, the Saints have really good personnel here. They have really a complete skill position group. They really have a complete offensive line. You'll look at it and it's just really good. You have six starters, may have actually more. Again, that's obviously really good. And where is the negatives to this team? Like Who's going to knock them out and where? And to me, look, Bad luck could happen. They may end up being a three seed against something like that. But I think this team's going to win 11 to 13 games. And look, if they're set up in that one seed, like this year, I think to make the Super Bowl, it's going to be two one seeds. It's whoever the one seeds are, they're going to win the Super Bowl. And you're going to say, well, why do you say that? Because those one seeds get the bye. No one else gets the bye this year. So really, if you're the one seed, number one, you're a really good team to start. Then also, in the divisional round, you play a team that played in the wildcard weekend. And the championship... You play a team that played in wildcard weekend and the divisional round. Like that is a really big advantage. Just being able to rest up and especially with the Saints, rest up and get everyone healthy. The Saints have been really good off the bye. That's obviously really big. I mean, look at that NFC Championship game two years ago. Do you think the Rams come into the Superdome and beat the Saints if they play wildcard weekend as well? No. Like to even beat them when they only when they had the bye, the Rams, they needed a Phantom. Pass interference call. So, again, there's a big advantage to be the one seed. And if the Saints end up being that one seed, I think they are going to win the Super Bowl. That's just my opinion. If they're not the one seed, it's an uphill battle. Now, it's not like you can't do it, but it will be much harder. And you never know which team this year is going to come out of the blue and be really good, like last year, the 49ers, or, you know, it happens every year. And maybe that's the team that goes out and is really good and beats the Saints and stuff. But right now, I don't know who's going to beat the Saints. The 49ers, to me, got worse, and they barely beat the Saints. I know it was at Saints, but still, they barely beat the Saints, and I think they got worse. And especially you have Debo Samuel, who's now out with an injury. That's going to get dicey there. Their wide receiver group's already pretty thin. And, like, if they're without Debo Samuel for the first, oh, the first two months of the year, or maybe even longer, because that injury that he has is very wishy-washy. Yeah, it says it's going to only be two months out of the season, or maybe a month out of the season, but it can easily get re-injured. So if you try to come back too early, you will get burned by it. So when looking at it, he better be really careful or he's going to miss the whole season. So that's definitely something to look at there. And again, I think that 49ers won't beat them. The Packers still don't have a number two receiver opposite Devontae Adams. And that's probably going to be a big reason why they don't make it. Again, I think Aaron Jones, I think he's a good player, but I think he has to show it again. He only had really one good season. Aaron Rodgers, Last year wasn't as good. Now, maybe this year, a year in Matt LaFour's system, it's going to be really good, but I'm not sold on the Packers at all. I think, again, they got worse this offseason. They lost a few players. They lost Blake Martinez, and to me, that will be a big loss for their defense, and they had a lot of free agent players last year that played really well, and usually adding a ton of free agent defenders doesn't work in the long haul, and the Packers are going to try to do it. We'll see if it works, but... Usually adding a ton of free agents, especially on the defense, doesn't work in the long haul. As the Giants, they had one amazing year in 2016, and in 2017-18, they were awful. It's just really tough for a defense that, look, they didn't come up and play together. They were just mixed and matched and played together. Now to do that two years in a row, three years in a row would be consistently good is very, very difficult. And usually those free agent, those defenses added through free agency, where it's basically all through free agency, what the Packers are trying to do here. They don't work in the long haul. Now, maybe they will, but I'm just not 100% sure of that. Then you go to the three seed that the Saints, and the Saints to me got better. Your four seed was the Eagles, but to me, look, they got better. But to me, they're not at the level of the Saints. They did get Darius Slay, but they still have no receivers. And their offense with Carson Wentz, is just way too injury prone. Their secondary now is a lot better. But again, it's, there's just not 100% trust there. And look, they're a greatly coached team. And look, I'd be scared of them if we played them in the playoffs. But I do think that the Saints are better. And when you go to the five seed, the Seahawks, I think the Seahawks are a good team. And with Russell Wilson, again, they always have a shot, but they're losing to Davion Clowney. And they really just, to me, don't have a great team around Russell Wilson. It's that simple. Yeah, their defense isn't bad. It's a good defense. I mean, and and their offense is good, but to me, it's just not great. It's not on that elite level. Now, maybe they'll play at elite level and go out and beat the Saints. But again, I think the Saints do play really, really good against them. I think they have the Seahawks number. And I expect that to continue this year in 2020. And then your sixth seed is the Vikings. And the Vikings are a team that, look, they did lose players this offseason. They lost Stefan Diggs. And to me, that's going to be a big loss. And even though they added Justin Jefferson from LSU, which LSU fans all know that he's a great player, coming out right away, rookie receivers definitely have trouble. And I think he can have trouble as well. That's just my opinion. And for him to come up and play at a really high level, and that's what he's going to need to do because he's replacing Stefan Diggs, and I don't think he's up to Diggs' level. I think that Adam Thielen's good, but he's definitely not great. Now, they're obviously a big part of their offense's Dalvin Cook, and he may hold out in 2020, because he wants a big contract. That would be very interesting. And also, Kirk Cousins did have his best season last year, and I don't think he's going to be able to repeat that. Maybe, maybe not. But I'm not 100% sold in them as well. So I do think that the Saints, and those are your playoff teams. Now, look, you have the Bucks. But again, I don't think the Bucs will be really good. I think that they're going to be that team that did a lot in the offseason and is not good in the regular season. Like, to me, they have too many holes. Like, we're all saying, though, the Saints have a hole at defensive end. They have a hole at um, cornerback. Look at what the Bucs are doing. They really have no corners. Their secondary is really bad. Their running back is, to me, really bad. Ronald Jones is not very good. Now, yeah, they got Tom Brady. Great. But are we really sold that Tom Brady is still a top quarterback here? And I'm really not. And I think that he is going to do similar things to Jameis Winston. Now, look, the play is completely different. But I think the output's going to be similar. Like, it will be less picks, but a lot less touchdowns and a lot less yards. And maybe that helps them. Maybe they just need a game manager. But that amazing wide receiver core and the pass catchers are great. And you have Mike Evans. You have Chris Godwin. You have guys like Rob Gronkowski now. O.J. Howard. Cameron Brate. That's great. But to me, around those guys... It's just not elite, and look, they will win games, and look, their front seven's also really good, and I think they will win games. I think they will win probably more than seven, I'm thinking eight, nine, but I don't think they're going to really challenge the Saints, and we're going to see it week one. If the Saints go out and beat them and play really well and are able to stop Brady and really infiltrate the Bucs secondary, I think that the Saints will run away with this division. If they have trouble, if they lose to the Bucks, it's going to be tougher, and we're going to be in for a big race here in 2020, but again, I'm not really scared about the Bucs, I'm not really scared about the Falcons, they have a lot of places where they have no depth again, and also, their, even their starters aren't, like, amazing, amazing, so that's really what it is there, obviously, they have Julio, Matt Ryan, solid, but again, not to the Saints of level, and then you're looking at the Panthers, who, to me, are rebuilding, so to me, this Saints team is primed to go to the Super Bowl here, and what I want to get into before we wrap this podcast up, is that the Saints obviously have had some postseason woes. And how do you get that better? Because at a certain point, you have loss after loss after loss with a really good team. you got to change things. And how is this team going to really do in the playoffs, as we all want to know? Like, look, they've had a ton of regular season success. They'll probably have a lot of regular season success this year. But we also got to look at the playoffs. And last year, I think they just played a bad game. They didn't show up. I think it was that simple. And really what the Vikings did, they're a really talented team. They were able to double-team Mike Thomas. And then besides that, they were able to really bite the bullet. You had Alvin Kamara not at his highest level, so they were able to win a lot of one-on-one matchups with him. Like, he was catching the passes in dump-offs, but he wasn't going anywhere with it. So they were able to stop him there. They were able to stymie Jared Cook. He didn't have a big game. And to me, it was just like the Saints really only got it going in the fourth quarter when they needed to. And they were able to pick apart... The Vikings, they found what worked. They used Taysom Hill as disguises. They used him in, obviously, big plays. And he was able to be really successful. But besides him, they didn't really play that well. And kudos to the Vikings. They were able to execute really better than the Saints. And that's really what it was there. So, again, that's that playoff game. The team played really bad. Go back to 2018, and this Saints team should have been in the Super Bowl. We all know that. And the no-low-no-call happens. I thought Breeze played pretty well in that game. Not gonna lie. A lot of people said Breeze played bad. I thought he played fine. Was it great? No, but he played good. Good enough to, to go to the Super Bowl. Let's put it that way. And the defense was playing really well. So kudos to them. And again, I think they did enough to win that game. So to me, they should have been in the Super Bowl. And everyone talks about the Saints postseason woes. Well, the team should have been in the Super Bowl two years ago. Like, they just got gypped. And to me, look, did the team play their best game in that uh, the NFC Championship? No, but they didn't play a bad game. And look, they're going up against a tough team. The Rams are a good team in their own rights. I mean, they were 12-14. and 14. They were a solid team, and everyone goes, oh, well, the Saints didn't play that well in that game. Well, they played against amazing talent, and they did enough to beat that talent. And the Rams did have a really good team. They had on the defense, and Sue, Aaron Donald. I mean, you had guys like Nikel Robey Coleman, who obviously makes that play, but he was still a good player on that team. They had Akeem Tlaib, Marcus Peters as well. Like, it was a good secondary. And then you add to that, your offense is one of the best in the league with, I mean, Goff was playing at a much better level than he did last year, and they just had amazing weapons, you had Todd Gurley, you have Brandon Cooks, you have Robert Woods, like, you have all the players that are really very important to that team, and look, they played very well, they had a great offensive line, and they were able to do a really good job throughout the playoffs, I mean, they blew out the Cowboys in in the divisional round, and they go with the Saints, and they play a barn burner of a game, yeah, should the Saints maybe have crushed in that game, and really, they could have Definitely expanded their lead in that first quarter where they got up I believe, 13-0. They had to kick two field goals after an interception. And look, if Dan Arnold maybe catches that ball, because look, the Saints were without Ben Watson. They were without Josh Hilden later in the game because he had to come out of that game. I mean, it was Dan Arnold. I mean, he catches that ball and the Saints are up 17-0. And maybe if they score another touchdown, they're up 21-0. And it sky's the limit for the team. But kudos to the Rams defense. They were able to stop the Saints at three points, but again, the Saints did enough to win that game, and they just did it. Now you go back to the Vikings game. First of all, they win the Philadelphia game. They come back. They play really good. I thought Breeze did a really good job in that game, played at a high level, and was able to bring this team to victory. March on Lattimore, two picks. That was a really good game. Then you move it over to the Minnesota Miracle, and look, the Saints were down in that game big. 17-0. Like, to me, that was a lost game. It was like, okay, we lost. And then they come back, roaring back. You have Breeze to Thomas, Breeze to Kamara, throwing it all over the place, coming back, taking a lead on that nice wheel route, and then Kamara jumps up over, and then the Vikings score again, but then you see the Saints come back, and Breeze has the most clutch play in the playoffs in a very long time for the Saints, where he was able to, on a fourth and ten, have a nice out route to Willie Snead. Willie Snead, of all people, he catches it, and then the Saints sets him up for a field goal. Like, that's really good as well. So, To me, the Saints were obviously in position to win that game. You have like seven seconds left. And then you have Marcus Williams make a really bad play. They were set up to win that game. Like, you put all this stuff together is that the Saints weren't bad in the playoffs. Breeze hasn't been bad in the playoffs. He had one bad game. But before that, he's been pretty good. Pretty solid. And that really goes for all Saints players. Look, everyone's allowed to have one bad playoff game. Everyone's allowed to do that. But you can't do it now back-to-back years. And look, 2019 just wasn't the Saints year. Now, 2020, we're hoping it is. And again, they cannot go out like they did in 2019 again. I will be very mad because if they go out and throw up another dud, whatever round it is, it's not good. So they're going to have to come up, play strong in the playoffs. You're allowed to have one freebie, in my opinion. I mean, everybody's allowed to have one bad playoff game because for the most part, the Saints at least win one game when they make it to the playoffs. Like, usually they're not a one and done team. They were last year and they were in 2010, excuse me, there. But besides that, they have never been one and done. And I think the Saints are a team that at least wins a few playoff games or one playoff game, and they're able to get on that right track. And you're looking at this run, I think they can do that again, and I think they can go all the way this year. And PFF obviously believes that too. I mean, they're obviously citing a complete roster. Michael Thomas playing at a very high level. Cameron Jordan playing at a very consistent high level. So to me, sky's the limit for this team. The complete roster. Now, they may add more players to this complete roster, excuse me, there, and Again, I'm just really excited for this 2020 season. But with all that said, I think it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Who Dat Discussion, definitely follow our YouTube channel. We put out film studies on there, and then we're also looking into having more content on there as well. And you can definitely check out all the film studies we've done. We've done one on Jadeveon Clowney. We did one on Adam Troutman. We did one on Andrews P. We did it on Manuel Sanders, Malcolm Jenkins, all the new players for the Saints, all the moving parts for the Saints. We did that. Our next film study is going to be out on Jameis Winston. So definitely check that out when it drops. And again, if you're able to like, comment, all that stuff would be greatly appreciated. I love doing the film studies and I really hope that you guys love watching them. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, as I said earlier in the episode. Personally, I'm at Andrew Galata, and then the Whoat Discussion on Twitter is at the Whoodat Dis. on Instagram. The WhoDat Discussion is at Whoodat Discussion, so definitely check us out on there. And you can listen to our podcast anywhere you listen to all your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, really any site we are on there. I thought this was a fun episode looking at the Saints Super Bowl chances, looking at the Saints safeties. And we're going to have more kind of off-season content. And a little later, we're going to get into some camp battles and what the Saints could do there as well, as I think it will be a very intriguing training camp. But that's all I have in store for you guys for this episode. So I want to say thank you for listening. Run it back. And hoodat!